0: Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from OTRGold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Thomas Mitchell, Virginia Weidler. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Your host the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor.
1: Good evening, everyone. Your neighborhood good Gulf dealer and the Gulf Oil Companies welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Tonight, the Gulf Theater stars John Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, and Virginia Weidler. And you'll hear them in a most timely comedy, A Great Man Votes, adapted for radio by Norman Corwin. Tonight's stars are here because you've asked for them in your letters. Remember, the Gulf Screen Guild Theater is the one place that can really bring you the stars you ask for. Because this is truly the stars' own theater. You see, the stars who appear here donate their talents. The money they would ordinarily receive, Gulf gives instead to the Motion Picture Relief Fund. And that money is building a big home just outside of Hollywood. A home that will provide for the members of the picture industry who can no longer take care of themselves. That applause, ladies and gentlemen, is for our stars who have just walked from the wings onto the stage, and now on with the play. With thanks to conducting, Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra in the opening theme. <laughs> What?
2: My father is the greatest man in the world. Is
1: that so? Who is your father?
2: Gregory Vance. That's who.
1: And what's your name?
2: Joan. Joan Vance.
1: Well, look, Joan. How do you know your father's the greatest man in the world?
2: Because I can prove it. How? I got all the facts at my fingertips. Just ask me.
1: Well, if anybody asked me, I'd say you were a pretty smart little girl.
2: I ought to be. My pop teaches me.
1: You mean you don't go to school?
2: Sure. Grade 4B. But I learn more from pop. (laughs) For instance, right now, we'd be sitting at home after the dishes were done. I wipe and Pop Mm washes, And all of a sudden, he put down his bottle and...
1: His bottle of what?
2: Rheumatism medicine. Oh. He he never had to take it until after Mom died. But after she went away, he he drank most a quart of that medicine a day.
1: I see. I guess he kind of loved your mother, Joan.
2: Kind of loved her? He loved her with his whole soul and being. Like they say in books. Well, as I started to tell you, Pop would put down his bottle and...
3: My dear heiress of the misfortunes, will you attempt to tell me what Caesar got out of his expedition to Britain?
2: He got pushed around by the pickets and the scotch.
3: The pickets and the Scots. The pickets and the scotch. Sounds like a strike in a liquor factory. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, my dear Joan, whether you learn such things in school or at a longshoreman's clam bake. Proceed.
2: Nascator Ibby Plumbum Album in Mediterranean Reganibus Advertanium.
3: And the translation?
2: While in England, Caesar got himself a load of tin. How's that, Pop?
3: Yeah, not exactly a literal translation, but it'll do, it'll do. Hmm, my, uh, my medicine bottle's empty. Fortunately, there's another quart in the medicine cabinet.
2: Oh, but, but I threw that away today.
3: You did, you did what?
2: Yes, I got you some new medicine.
3: New medicine?
2: I went to see Doc Phillips, and we had a nice talk about you.
3: That old quack, what does he know about medicine? I know what kind of medicine is good for me. That isn't what
2: Doc Phillips says. Here, take this.
3: Now, I'm I'm not going to take it.
2: Open your mouth, Pop. I won't. Oh, please, Pop.
3: All right. Give it to me. Water!
2: Water here. I've got it already. Yeah. It Wasn't so bad, was it?
3: Bad. It tastes like seawater. Fermented. You are a tyrant. A tyrant, Joan. An adorable tyrant, but a tyrant just the same. Getting more like your mother every day.
4: Am I? Mm-hmm. Pop.
3: Yeah.
2: What was Mom like?
3: Like? Huh? It takes take someone with a far greater gift for language than I have to tell you, Joan. I came out of Harvard with only a Ph.D. She was good. She was kind. She was beautiful. If she'd lived, she uh, might have made a great man out of me. Yes, a great man. A father you could be proud of.
2: But I am proud of you, Pop.
3: A night watchman on a construction job.
2: I'm terribly proud of you. I don't care what the kids say about you.
3: What do the kids say about me?
2: Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all, Pop. Come on.
3: What do they say? Oh, it's
2: Just that you're always drinking all the time. But, but that's because they don't know about your room with
3: Joan, why are you proud of me?
2: Well, because.
3: Because why?
2: Because. That's all. Just...
4: Just because.
2: Oh, I know what you're thinking, Mr. Pryor. You're thinking I think my father's a great man just because I love him so much. But let me tell you, Mr. Pryor...
1: Sure, I understand, Joan. Tell me, did what your father teach you at home help you at school?
2: Did it? Say, on account of Pop's coaching, I guess I made those other kids look like monkeys.
5: Especially when it came to reciting college. Can't you please? I'm your new teacher,
2: Miss Dillow. And
5: now we'll go right around the class and you can tell me your name. Oh, what's yours? The boy here on the first seat.
2: The name is Davy. Davy McCarty.
5: Put away that candy.
2: Oh, yeah? My father is Iron Hat McCarty, and he's boss of this ward, and he says I can eat what I want when I want. Well,
5: since your father is Iron Hat McCarty. You'll no doubt be able to tell us about Caesar's expedition to Britain.
4: Huh?
5: We're ready any time you are.
4: Uh, 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 Caesar...
2: Caesar... Well, went to... to England.
4: And... <laughs> and uh, England... Caesar. <laughs>
2: can uh,
5: somebody else in the class help out the son of Iron Half McCarty?
2: Please, Miss Billow. I can Caesar built himself a big wall there to keep out the picks and the scots. And there was a big town in back of the wall with horse racing and cockfighting going on all the time. It it was open all night like the six-day bike races. That's perfectly true.
5: But it's not in your elementary book. Would you mind telling me where you learned all that?
2: My father teaches me at home.
5: What's your name?
2: Joan Vance. Pop says the more he sees of dumbbells like Davy McCarty, the less he thinks of our school. (laughs) (laughs) My old man will make a kick about that crack. In the seat of your pants, I (laughs) hope. Quiet, children.
4: Quiet.
5: (laughs) Davy McCarty, you may retire to the cloakroom. And as soon as school is over, you and I will have a little understanding.
4: (laughs)
3: Are you telling me, David, that this here teacher dared to give you a weapon?
2: Yes, Father. And she made me apologize to that Joan Vance.
3: Nobody can do that to a son of Iron Hat McCarthy. I'll have her fired out of her job tomorrow. And this Joan Vance now— who is she? Our
2: old man's Gregory Vance. He's a night watchman on that building they're putting up in Third Street.
3: Third Street isn't. That's in my ward.
2: Joan says her father thinks you're a dumbbell.
3: Oh, he does, does he? Well, I'll see to that. Mister Gregory Vance is joining the ranks of the unemployed. Right now, if not immediate. And Pat McCarty speaking.
1: McCarty, this is Dale.
3: Oh, Commissioner Dale, is it? What can I be doing for you?
1: There's a campaign rally tonight for all
3: ward bosses. Drag your fat carcass over and don't be late. <laughs> yes, sir, yes. Right be there, Commissioner, with bells on.
1: Leave the bells at home and bring along a few votes. If we don't win this election, we'll all be out in our ear. Goodbye.
3: Uh, thank you, Commissioner. Goodbye, Commissioner. Well, they want me to preside at a big political meeting, Davy. The mayor himself insists I be there. But
6: what about Vance? Oh, to be sure.
3: Well, I'll just stop by on my way to the meeting and take care of Mister Vance.
6: Stop here, George. Bradley, Mister Bradley. Over
3: here. Hello, Mr. McCarty. What's up? I just stopped by to tell you that you'll be needing a new night watchman. But I've got a night watchman, Gregory Vance. A waster who is not up to his responsibilities. If there was some way of ventilating the bottle, Vance would live in one. And had any kicks on his work, Mr. Bradley? That's an attitude unworthy of you. Especially since you're clogging the public streets with your building material. I've had a sad time keeping the street commissioner off you. Ah oh, well, your pleasure's my pleasure, Mr. McCarty. But i am I going to replace Vance tonight? Replace Vance? Watch this, watch this. What goes on? I hear my name being taken in vain. Your job goes on, Mr. Vance, but without you. Do I hear an ass braying inside that car?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah! It's old Iron Hat McCarthy. Get off this property, you floppy donkey. Oh, so it's a mush you're asking for, is it? I'll give you a skinful of broken bones. Get out of the car and take off your iron hat. And I'll smack you around your whole election district. my arthritis and all. So that's it, is it? Come on! Get out! Put up, you duke. Now, look here. I haven't the time to dirty my hands with an unemployed floor. Come on! you out! Step on it, George. Step on it. Or I'll be keeping them waiting at the administration meeting. <laughs>
6: Vote its lead. And why? Good old tradition. That's why. Pledge the 15th Precinct unanimous and the tide will sweep uptown like smallpox. <laughs> uh, who's handling the fourth war this year? Uh, I am. Um... Mr. Chairman, Iron McCarty. Oh, what are the prospects in your 13th precinct? Uh, well, well, you see, if the, if the gentleman knew
3: my ward as well as I do, you'd be realizing my 13th precinct is a, a very unique precinct indeed. In what way, McCarty? Well, sir, in, in recent years, the shops and office buildings have crowded out the residential abodes to such an extent that we haven't quite as many registered votes as previous. Well, well, come out with it. How many are there? Uh, just one. Ah, uh, uh, fine,
6: fine. fine. Uh, <laughs> McCarty, you know this voter? I do. Like a brother. Uh, uh, fine. That's good, McCarty, that's good. Because if you fail to pledge his vote, you're through. Drummed out. What? Stop! Is that clear? It is, it is. <laughs> I got to vote him unanimous. Now what's this lone voter's name, McCarty?
3: Gregory Vance.
1: And so the Gulf Theater Curtain falls on Act One of A Great Man Votes. During the brief intermission before Act Two begins, Bud Heaston steps before the Gulf Curtain to tell you a little something about Jack Frost's father, Old Man Winter.
0: Your microphone bud just as old man winter can nip your ears freeze your toes and send you scurrying for shelter old man winter can give your automobile a real beating too that's why you should give your motor the extra protection of an extra good motor oil gulf pride motor oil george Barringer, the famous racing driver proved that gulf pride motor oil can take a beating and come back for more with gulf pride in his crankcase the exact same gulf pride that you can get at any good Gulf station Barringer drove over one of the toughest courses in the country to establish 33 new Class D speed records. And not only has Gulf Pride proven itself on the speedway, but it also gives you the same protection when you use it in the crankcase of your car. So don't gamble with repair bills. Prepare now to Laugh at Winter, where you see the picture of the laughing polar bear. Drive in tomorrow at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc and change to Gulf Pride Motor Oil.
1: the Gulf Theater is ready to rise on the second act of tonight's comedy, The Great Man Votes, starring John Barrymore as Gregory Vance, Thomas Mitchell as Iron Hat McCarty, and Virginia Weidler as Vance's small daughter, who is telling our story. Well, Mr. Pryor, that's the way it happened. When old iron
2: pants, I mean iron hats, fired Pop from his job. He only got himself in a spot that was ten times tougher. When
1: he found out your father was the only voter in the 13th district, huh? (laughs) He had to get your father's vote or his party would lose the election.
2: That's right. Well, old Ironhead came to our house the very next afternoon. He was plenty anxious to patch things up with Pop, I can tell you. Could
3: I bring this little gift here for your charming daughter? One of the fairest lasses in the whole city. Thank him, Joan dear. Thanks. Can it be that uh, you have some ulterior motive in coming here? Or are you suddenly interested in the field of child welfare? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, what a wit, what a wit. What a joker.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I do not like you, McCarty. What people think of me don't matter as long as they have a knife in the grand works of the party. What's your feeling about that, Mr. Vance? I would hate to tell you with my daughter present. <laughs> now, then if it's the last of your job that put her in your heart, you'll feel different when... When I get it off my chest at the polls tomorrow morning. Yes, now, wait, will you wish? Wait till I tell you why you were run out of that miserable job, Mr. Vance. It was beneath you. How's that again? A fact has come recent to my attention that you was once a famous educator at Harvard College and that you've written some monographs. Monographs. Ah, yes, yes, did that, I And, says I, what manner of civilization permits a fellow saturated with P.H.'s and double L's to be doing a job that don't require no more alphabet than, a, than the police dogs? A brother in the bond of learning, says I.
2: Why don't you get to the point, you stuffed shirt?
3: Joan! Remember the ancient Vance tradition of hospitality. Always listen politely to a guest before throwing him out. (laughs) Now, uh, as for a position to edify you for the last of your watchman's job, the halls of learning in this great city would take on a new aroma just from your mental presence. Thank you. What kind of a position are you referring to? How would a janitor's position strike you? Mr. McCarthy, I would be truly grateful... Hold it, Pop. What's the matter, Jones?
2: Janitors ain't so great.
3: But I do need a job, Jones.
2: Yeah, and I'll bet Mr. McCarty needs your vote.
3: Ah, nonsense. The vote's nothing in itself, Vance. But the party feels, well, it's enlisting your intellectual support. Now, if it's a teacher you want to be... A teacher! Wait a minute, but Pop. The... But a teacher, Jones!
2: Nothing's doing. Teaching is for
3: ladies. <laughs> the little darling's right. <laughs> what I meant to say was, we might use you right handily on the school board. School board? Why, Mr. McCarthy, I'd be delighted. Hold it, Pop! What's the matter with that, Jones?
2: I never heard of a great man being on a school board.
3: All right, all right, then, superintendent. Superintendent? Pop? But Jones. Let's
2: hear another offer, Mr. McCarty.
3: Commissioner! Commissioner of Education! And that's the last offer. Does anyone mind if I sit down?
2: About a contract, Mr. McCarty. Yes,
3: yes. I I i get, I get a contract drawn up. You you wait here and I'd be right back. You're in, Pop. You're in. Yes. Yes. No. No, I can't do it. I can't possibly make a bargain with this man. Why not? Joan, the casting of a vote is the casting of a belief. That's why this country's good. I and Hat McCarty represents a crooked and sinister political machine. I just can't sell out. The Vances may equivocate with their dreams, but never with their ideals.
2: But, but Pop, you... You could dress up nice, and and you wouldn't have to work nights in the cold and the rain and everything. You... You'd be a commissioner. Ain't that something pretty great?
3: Well, I don't know.
2: The commissioner has a car, because I've seen it. And I could ride with you. And, oh, I'd make all them fresh kids at school look terribly sick. Oh, I'd be so proud of you. Gosh.
3: You'd be proud of me, huh?
2: Gee, Pop, yes. Awful
3: proud. Ah, I don't know. i got to think it over. I ought to kick McCarthy out on his ear when he comes back. Yet, I don't know. That commissioner's job is a big one. And I'd like to be a great man. For you.
0: The well-oiled party machine of Iron Hat McCarty early this evening prophesied success for Mayor Artemis W. Folsom and his entire ticket tomorrow, claiming the whole city will follow the lead of the lone voter of the 13th precinct, Gregory Vance. His Honor, Mayor Folsom will be at the polling place to greet Voter Vance.
3: Ladies and gentlemen! Ladies and gentlemen! Mr. Vance has just cast his historic vote. And now it gives us a special pride to announce at this time to one and all that Mr. Gregory Vance, formerly of Harvard College and the author of several famous money graphs, Besides being a great scholar and a great man, to say the least, Mr. Gregory Vance has consented to become the new commissioner of public schools. Right. Mr. Vance, will you contribute to the glory of the occasion by giving us a speech? Yeah. All right, all right. Right into the microphone, Mr. Vance. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, I came... I saw, I conquered.
2: That's Caesar.
3: (laughs) No, Joan. That, that is Gregory Vance, the scrubbiest Roman of them all. Gregory Vance, magnified briefly by a kindly destiny in a kindly land where greatness is within a man and where any man who calls himself great is only looking at his shadow while standing on the shoulders of those who have lifted him up. Side by side, we walk today, the big and the little, and those we uh, sometimes call the down and out, to cast our votes. A voter uh, by the name of Mr. John Greenleaf Whittier once spoke of that. The proudest now is but my peer, The highest, not more high. Today of all the weary year, a king of men am I. Today alike are great and small, the nameless and the known. My palace is the people's hall, the ballot box, my throne.
2: You're doing great, Pop.
3: Today? Today I am a political lion, lionized by the city, the press, the mayor uh, and the estimable Mr. McCarthy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Lionized because of a certain tradition regarding the 13th Precinct. Tomorrow I will be quite forgotten a bit of shadow glory who, like the rest of you, left their mark only in the ballot box. But today, my fellow voters, let us take all advantage of our moment to express our sincere and honest opinions. And together we may carry this fair city forward to a newer and greater destiny. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Vance. And now, His Honor, Mayor Artemis W. Folsom has a little surprise for you. A surprise for me, Mr. Mayor? Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, In the nature of a trifling gift, Mr. Vance, come right out here to the curb with me.
2: Careful, Pop. Looks like we're going for a
3: ride. Quite right, Joan. In your own limousine, with a chauffeur to match. What? This? You mean you're presenting me with this, uh, flaming chariot?
6: If you don't like the color, we,
3: <laughs> we'll change it, Commissioner.
6: It's your car. Well, well, well.
3: Thank you, Mr. Mayor.
6: Think nothing of it. And I took the liberty of putting a few small things in the car for you, Joan something for me? Oh, some candy and flowers, a dog, (laughs)
3: nothing much. Why, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. No,
6: no, thank you, Commissioner Vance. Thank you for all you've done today to protect our city from corruption and exploitation at the hands of unscrupulous
3: politicians. Oh, I only did my duty, sir. Uh, Oh, here, here, let me open the door for you. Thank you, thank you. No,
6: no, thank you. And let me help you in, Joan.
4: Thank
6: you. Uh, No, no, thank you. (laughs) Well, goodbye, my dear, dear friend.
3: Mm, Goodbye, goodbye. Drive on, Macduff.
2: Say, say, Pop.
3: What, darling?
2: That mare ain't such a bad guy, is he?
3: No, that mare isn't, is the matter of fact. Joan, uh, you know something? What, Pop? I rather wish I'd voted for him.
1: Thank you, John Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, Virginia Weidler, and Frank Tours conducting Oscar Bradley's
0: Gulf Orchestra. You were great. Oh, gee, Mr. Barrymore, I was sure glad you didn't vote for that crooked mayor. Boy, I thought he almost had you there for a minute. That scene of corruption and political stuff that uh, really came through to me, I'll tell you that. Oh, my dear fellow, a Barrymore always comes through, particularly when he has a stooge like my dear friend here. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
6: yes, yes.
3: That uh, was truly a dramatic moment. There I stood, ready to cast my secret ballot. And I said to myself, quote, Far ah, to be or not to be, that is the question. Unquote.
6: Uh,
4: well, uh,
3: <clears throat> what's the answer, Mr. Barrymore? You're inquisitive, aren't you?
0: Well, don't stare at me. You'd think I'd voted twice. Oh, oh no, Mr. Barrymore. I, well, I,
4: I did. Oh. <laughs>
0: Well, there's nothing wrong in voting twice. That is, there's nothing wrong in voting twice for my candidates, once for each of them. My two candidates are two of the most worthy ever brought to your attention. They're real partners. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Gulf Pride Motor Oil and the new stepped-up Gulf No-Knox Gasoline. Use them both in your car this winter, and you can count on real teamwork when it comes to quick starts in cold weather. But don't delay too long. Don't wait until that first cold morning catches you with oil so stiff that your motor just won't turn over. You're going to change your oil anyway, so do it now, and be sure that when you do, you change to easy-starting, winter-grade Gulf Pride Motor Oil. And since you're also going to buy a tank full of gasoline in the next few days, better buy a tank full of the new, stepped-up, quick-starting Gulf No-Knox gasoline. Gulf Pride Motor Oil and Gulf No-Knox gasoline together are a pair of quick-starting partners that are mighty hard to beat.
1: Now, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say that the Gulf Theater... Oh, pardon me. Uh, you don't know me, Mr. Pryor, but I'm an actor, and... well, don't apologize. I'm one, too. Oh. Uh,
0: well, I-, I just wondered if you
1: could use me in next week's Gulf Theater play. Frankly, I'm terrific. Well, frankly, our cast for next week is all set, and it's more than terrific. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, the Gulf Screen Guild Theater will present Charles Boyer, Myrna Loy, and Lionel Atwell in History is Made at Night. Boy, Boy, that's a dilly. Uh, say, if I can't play a part, uh, could I have a pass? Sure you can. And ladies and gentlemen, you all have a special pass. To listen to the Gulf Theater next week, hear Myrna Lloyd, Charles Boyer, and Lionel Atwill in one of the greatest love stories ever told and learn how history is made at night. This is Roger Pryor speaking for your neighborhood good Gulf dealer and reminding you that we'll be back next week at the same time. Listen, won't you? you. <laughs>
0: of worrying about fuel oil prices. You can get price protection plus reliable delivery if you sign a Gulf fuel oil contract right now. Phone your nearest Gulf office or your Gulf fuel oil dealer. John <laughs> Barrymore can now be seen in the 20th Century Fox picture, The Great Profile. Thomas Mitchell's latest is Long Voyage Home for Walter Wanger, and Virginia Weidler will soon be seen in MGM's Philadelphia Story. I've Got Plenty of Nothing is from Forky Invest...